Well, good morning. God bless you. Happy podcast day. Another week has come and gone. Another Tuesday is here. Uh, God bless you. I love you. Thank God for you. And uh, I want to pray for you real quick before we get started. And then I want to get into the word of God and deal with faith. Amen. Faith to overcome, faith to combat, faith for victory, uh, faith that yields peace, faith that yields health, joy, faith that yields yields every promise of God. Amen. Pastor Rich here. Let's just pray for a moment. Lord, I thank you today. Today we choose Jesus. Today we choose life. Today we choose health. We choose strength. We choose peace. In Jesus' mighty name, I choose victory today. You can go ahead and pray with me. Uh, we use, we choose victory today in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, we choose to cast out, cast down every ungodly word, every ungodly thought, and we choose to think on the good things, the God things, the promises of our dear Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, God bless you. Uh, I hope that helps you just get started and get in the right direction today or set yourself in agreement with the Word of God today. Amen. I want to get back into, we've been dealing with faith in the last several weeks. I think actually it started back in uh, January. We began to deal with um, Satan, how to combat Satan, Satan's, uh, you know, uh, ploys, uh, his attacks, uh, how to, uh, you know, uh, prepare ourselves, be ready, uh, to be alert, to be sober, all these biblical terms, and on and on it goes. Well, then we shifted in from the, uh, we went from the defense to the offense uh, on the attack now. And, and faith, you know, the Bible says in First John 5, 4, that faith gives us the victory that overcomes the world. Amen. Uh, so faith will always yield to you victory in every circumstance, everything you deal with, the faith is the victory. Amen. Now we know and we've learned. Let me read some of these scriptures to you. Then I want to ask you a few questions just so you get to thinking a little bit. But the first one is in Hebrews. I'll read these out of the ESV. I like the um, the ESV and the Amplified uh, certain times. But the first one's in Hebrews 4.12. It says, For the word of God is living, alive, active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of the soul and the spirit, of joints and marrow, and of the discerning of the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Now, I love the dividing of the soul and the spirit. Uh, so that it cuts away at that old man and you know begins to separate that old man. Uh, Matthew 4, 4, but he answered, Jesus, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, Psalms one nineteen one oh five, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. John one one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. John one two says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. That was Jesus. Uh, can I give you a few more? Amen. Second uh, Timothy three sixteen and seventeen. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be competent, equipped for every good work. Let me give you, let's just say three more real quick, because I got a bunch of them. Matthew 24, 35, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Uh, John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them by thy truth, for thy word is truth. Let me pick a, a good one here. They're all good, amazing, the scripture. Oh, yeah, here we go. Uh, Proverbs 35, 
uh, chapter 30, verse 5. Every word of God proves true, and he is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Glory to God. Come on now. Hey, let me give you one more. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11. Well, this is a good one to stop with. This is a good one here. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish uh, that which I purpose and succeed in the thing for which I sent it to. Wow. So what is it? This is the question I want to ask you. So so what is it in in the word? What what's, what, what power, what ability uh, is in that word? Uh, think about that for a second. We know words are power. We know words are ability. Uh, we know uh, as we release words, we release faith, we le- release action, we release you know, are put into play the, the operation of manifestation. Uh, we know, according to Hebrews 11, uh, now that faith, that words have substance, that words create substance. Come on now. Uh, you know all these things, but, but what is it uh, when we speak the word? What, why is it so great? What, what, what makes it, you know, uh, strong and powerful, mighty? And the answer is uh, there are God's words, and God is the high authority in all uh, within all living matter. God is the high authority. The, the, he is the extreme, the supreme high authority. The, he is the creator of all living matter. And when we speak the words of God, we release the high authority, uh, creative ability, which is the highest authority. Uh, and uh, a creator possesses the highest authority or ability. But we release the authority of God and we release it within words. So understand this, when you release words, you're not just trying. You know, when I get the word of God, we've, we've learned the scripture, you know, I give you about 10 scriptures earlier, uh, but uh, concerning God's word, these are God's words. I speak on behalf of God. God's words are true. God's words are proven and, and so on and so forth. Well, we need to begin to to use the faith, the words of God, uh, in a, a more severe sense. And we need to attach to our words before we even speak them. Uh, we need to have an, a, a greater expectation. And when we do that, we when we meditate and build an expectation of what words uh, can do and what words can yield uh, to me, good and bad, good or, and or evil, I think we'll calculate first before we speak, and I think secondly, uh, when we speak God's words, uh, we we need to have a greater expectation attached to them because these merely are not man man made words. Uh, these are speaking under the authority of God, and we've we've seen throughout the Scripture, uh, Hebrews eleven three very clearly states when God wanted a world, He created it with words. And he framed the world with words, and, and things appeared from the the substance of faith, not by a, a natural supply of man. So that was authority. When we speak God's words, uh, the molecules of the air are, are, are parted and make room for the authority uh, that we've released. They they understand a- anything that was created should understand the authority of the creator. So uh, we got to get back to uh, speaking under the authority of God and understanding the great authority of God. Let me give you a, a scripture here. Let's look at this now. Now, when dealing with Satan, uh, we know all good things. We've learned this. This is uh, Christianity 101. Uh, all good things come from God. All bad things come from the devil. 
Anything that's good, you just understand that, and it'll help you a lot more in your Christian walk. Uh, God uses no bad thing ever. God is never going to use a bad thing to teach you anything. Uh, He sent you the Holy Spirit as the teacher, and the Holy Spirit's going to lead you and guide you into the Word of God or truth. Uh, And God's Word is good news, even in correction. There's still good news in correction. And the Word of God, the Bible, is the greatest love story ever written. Now, there's historical events and accounts you know, in the Old Testament and the New Testament that are very, that should be very precious to us because it makes up uh, our story as a believer. It makes up uh, or, or helps us understand uh, the beginning or, or, or how our belief system works, how our God operates, you know, our lineage. But uh, w- within it is the greatest love story ever. And that's the, the co- Jesus coming to this earth, being sent by his father, uh, uh, accepting the, the challenge or the, you know, uh, assignment came to this earth. He who knew no sin became sin for us. He took on the sin penalty that was against us. And the cost or the payment for our sin penalty was his life. And he in love, grace and mercy gave his life because we were unable to do so. And in return, uh, now Satan no longer had rights to uh, the creation of God through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross of Calvary, which we just celebrated Resurrection, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, but now humanity is free to choose. Humanity no longer belongs to Satan due to uh, the uh, Adam giving Satan our birthright that was given to us in Christ Jesus through creative uh, th- through the the uh, uh, law of creation in which God created man in His image, uh, and and He had a promise from God and He had the ability from God. Well, when Adam ate the fruit on the tree, He handed over our rights. Well, it took all those years, thousands of years, uh, under law, having to deal with sacrifices of lambs and 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 birds and on and on and on. It goes cattle. But now Jesus became the final sacrifice. I'm giving this all to you in a nutshell. The final sacrifice, once and for all, he settled everything. What the, the blood, the Bible says, the blood of lambs and goats and cows and on and on it goes, of livestock uh, could not accomplish. Jesus settled it once and for all. And, the, and when he shed his blood, his blood covered our sin forever, no longer needing the sacrifice of, of animals. Come on, that's good news. That's love. That's extreme love. Oh, glory to God. Now, once again, man can choose, has the freedom to choose life or death, blessing or cursing, Jesus or Satan. And in you know, in neutrality, he chooses uh, darkness because you are not. You don't start in light and go to darkness. You start in darkness. You you, you start as a human being tainted in a human world. Uh, due to the you know what Adam did in the garden, so you got to come out of darkness into light. But you're free to make that choice. That's the Bible in a nutshell. The greatest story of love. No one else will ever pay. Uh, very few people will pay any debt for you uh, with money. Uh, however, no one else will ever uh, pay for your inadequacies or your sin by the way of giving themselves as a sacrifice or giving their life for you. No man will do that. Only one, and his name is Jesus. No other God. Come on now, let me help you. You, you may uh, you may like or, or in error 
have succumbed to or have chosen uh, some kind of religion, uh, whether it be an Eastern culture, whether it be uh, Buddha. Uh, I don't even know all the, the religions of the world, but any religion that does not have uh, God as the foundation and does not celebrate Jesus on the cross, his death, burial, and resurrection, it is a, a God of this world and is a God without power. It's a system. And it might even be like, like I don't know what Buddhists believe, but I'm sure it's a system. I'm sure within it, there's some ideas to be good, to be happy. There's, there's probably some good practices within that religion. But there's one thing Buddhists miss, and that's that they don't serve a living God because Buddha's dead. And they don't have a savior that gave themselves on the cross of Calvary to redeem them from the sin curse. There's only one religion, if you call it that, and the Bible talks about it, it, is, it is true religion. But there's only one religion, and that's God that sits on the throne of all living matter, the creator, creator, and then our savior, uh, the Messiah, Jesus, the Christ, who was dead, buried, but he rose again. There, there's only one, you, the Hare Krishna. And we can go back through all the religions, all the cults, uh, whatever you want to name, and those those people have expired and died and are no more. The only thing that lives is their legacy of uh, you know what what the parameters of their religion or their group or their cult. Well, Jesus, my friends, uh, he's alive and well, and his word is alive and well, and it's with us today. Amen. That's a pretty good opening. Amen. Well, uh, we got off a little bit, but it was a good off. Go into uh, Matthew 8. We're talking about the authority of, of words or when we speak, what, what happens? What's so great that, that, that these words can yield to a supernatural ability? What's so, what, you know, why, why is humanity? You go back to, uh, we just uh, in church here at New Way Church on Sunday morning, uh, our team did a beautiful production and they took a lot of scenes out of uh, the Passion of the Christ, a lot of scenes out of uh, different movies, you know, Jesus-based films and movies throughout the, the years, and uh, put it with music and did a musical-type production. But uh, when they were showing why they were so mad at Jesus, yeah, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, and why they hung him on a cross, it wasn't because he did anything wrong. It's because he spoke differently or, or he, he spoke in line with the kingdom of God. He spoke God words, and, and there was an inferiority problem there uh, toward those uh, who were, you know, human with self-righteous human authority, and they couldn't handle the, this power and authority in which he spoke. And in one of the clips, he says, you know, who are you? You know, who do you say you are? Are you the Messiah? And on and on it goes. And they could not handle, because uh, they couldn't understand it. They could not wrap their mind around it. They weren't, they weren't intelligent enough, nor are you without the help of the Holy Spirit and without being regenerated uh, into the kingdom of God or, or without, uh, what's the other word, Lord, help me, uh, without becoming born again, uh, without going by the way of the death, burial, and resurrection, the cross of Jesus Christ, taking on the sacrifice, you're limited in your ability uh, to know and understand Scripture. 
The Holy Spirit comes in when you become a born-again believer and washed in the blood and begins to help and lead you and guide you into all truth. So these men were extremely limited, and it had an entire community that Jesus speaking or his words put an entire community in an uproar because his words were with power and authority and his words were bringing change and it was uh, frightening those that couldn't stop it. So they figured, hey, if we can stop him, we can stop his word from going forth. Well, we face the same thing against uh, you know the demonic influence, uh, hate, uh, words they hate that we speak they they confuse uh, people they confuse Christians because they understand there's power in the word so even today I get called names I get called cultish I get called you know name it and claim it I get we get called all kind of stuff but they're not mad at me they just don't understand uh, how we speak and how we we uh, you know, how things manifest when we speak well it's not my words. Come on now, say amen. It's the words of God. It's the authority of God in which we speak. And men that don't understand it, humanity that that don't understand it, they want to stop it. But let's look at this before we run out of time. Uh, Matthew 8, it says, And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came unto him a centurion seeking him, saying, Lord, my servant lieth home sick of the palsy, grievously tormented. And Jesus said, I will come and heal him. Now the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy. Uh, Let me get the Bible away from the microphone here. He said, Lord, uh, I'm not worthy that thou should come under my roof, uh, but speak the word only, and my servant shall uh, be made whole. Uh, For I'm a man under authority. All right, here we go with authority. For I'm a man under authority. So he says, speak the word, and then he likens it to or puts it in the realm of authority. Uh, speak the word, my servant be made whole. Why? If I speak the word and your servant be made whole, what's in your word that has ability to make my servant he or to, to heal my servant? And the answer is right here in the ninth verse. I am a man under authority. So Jesus, in his word release. Or, or confession was releasing the authority or the greatest authority in all living matter. Amen. Let's go a little further. Uh, and he's, I'm in an authority having soldiers under me. Now, now he's conveying a human being where his authority lies, but he's given us a picture to Jesus operates in the same sense. However, a higher authority in a higher angelic army and system. So he says, the centurion answered, Lord, I'm not worthy. Thou shalt come under my roof. Speak the word only. My servant be made whole. For I am a man under authority. Having so- We can read it like this. I have soldiers too under me. And I say this man go just like you do. And he goes and I say another come just like you do. And he comes and to my servants and on and on. Just like you, Jesus. Now, he understood probably through the messages or through the teachings uh, or through the, the Old Covenant or through the, the scroll somewhere, he knew that there was an angel army, that Jesus was the Messiah sent here over the leader, over the angel armies, and he understood that Jesus answered to God and God was the, the authority 
of everything that Jesus did, everything that Jesus said, he spoke on behalf of God. In the, the book of John says that. Jesus said, I only speak the words I hear the Father speak. And he does, uh, uh, the, or he's the power behind the words, or he makes the words come to pass, but it's God's words. Jesus said that. Come on now, say amen. So this man understood that. That uh, Jesus, I'm I'm different in a sense, but same in a sense. I operate by the same principles, even under a low uh, a lower power and authority, but still uh, the the same mechanism or the same mechanics that you operate by. Come on now, say Amen, because you can do the same thing. Uh, when Jesus heard this or heard what the man said, he was he marvelled and said unto them that followed. Verily I say unto you, now marvel them that followed, so there was a crowd there. Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great a faith, no, not in Israel. Uh, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west, and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into utter darkness, then there shall be weeping gnashing teeth. And Jesus said unto the centurion, Go thy way. And as thou believed, so be it done unto thee. And a servant was healed that same hour. Now, let's look at, let's find the answer or what was taking place here. I'm almost finished for today. Go into Romans, and I'm going to tell you what this servant had or what he did or what he operated under that yielded such uh, great power and not only power and authority, but uh, Jesus memorialized his faith forever in the Bible there. But we find the answer in the 21st chapter of Romans 4. This is uh, 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 an image of this man and his ability or his stance in faith. It says, and being fully persuaded that what he promised, he was able and also was able to perform or able also to perform. Wow. All right, come on now. Fully persuaded, understand the powers in the words. Understand God's the authority of the word. Uh, so you're not the authority of the word. You're not the author. And the Bible says in Hebrews, Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. But these words that we have in our Bible, they're God's words. And God said, I watch over my word to perform it. Uh, God looks and listens and waits for his word to be spoken with conviction. Everybody say conviction. Uh, uh, faith is not cheap speech. Faith, uh, you know, right, right here, uh, the 21st chapter. If you're not fully persuaded, you're not going to see the things of God come to pass. It's in that conviction that I, I, I'm convicted. I, I've settled it within me. I'm fully persuaded to this portion of Scripture or this meaning of the Scripture. Uh, I believe it with my whole heart. It's become a part of who I am, and I'm going to speak it with authority. I'm going to speak it with boldness. I'm going to speak it with con- with great conviction. Come on. And with great expectation, I shall wait and see uh, the fruit or the goodness of my God. Oh, come on. You ought to be saying amen or something. But Abraham here, uh, we even see Abraham, you know, one of my favorite scriptures in the entire Bible is uh, Romans 4, uh, 17 through 21. Abraham here was at a place uh, in life where I think he was, he was having an epiphany or he was between two opinions or in the valley of decision. 
and he had a promise from God. He believed God, walked with God, honored God. Uh, but Abraham did give birth to uh, an Ishmael by his own plans outside of God, so he wasn't perfect. But Abraham trusted God, and I believe that Abraham in this 30-year project had ups and downs, but there was a point in this 30-year project where he overcame the downs and he got on the upside of it and he said, I'm done, I'm I'm getting out of wishing, I'm getting out of... Uh, everything in the sight realm, I'm getting out of the potential what could, what, what maybe could not happen, the ifs, the buts, and so on and so forth. And I choose to be, be get strong in faith. He, the Bible says he wasn't weak in faith, but he got to a place where he had strong faith, unmovable faith, unshakable faith. That kind of faith will overwhelm doubt and fear. And then he got to a place where he was fully persuaded that man could not alter or change his decision nor demonic influence because he had gotten to a place by meditating the promise of God that that scripture had become the word, the promise of God got so big on the inside of him there was room for nothing else. That's fully persuaded. And he spoke and he saw and and, and Isaac came and out of Isaac uh, here we are today. Come on now, someone say amen. And and God deemed Abraham the father of us all, the father of Christianity. He was the father of faith. And he did that and he, and he uh, obtained that name and that promise by faith. Well, I hope I helped you today. Listen, you can overcome every attack of Satan. You can overcome every problem that, that uh, humans face or humanity faces under the sin penalty, any kind of sickness, disease. If you'll take faith and begin to use faith, the authority of God-filled words like a surgeon uses a scalpel. Uh, I'm talking about a severe, uh, you know, a great, mighty, however you want to, you know, what adjective you want to use. But a severe surgeon, you know, a master in his craft uses a scalpel on purpose. You can take and use the words of God on purpose and you can pinpoint and take a target and, and take aim and fire and you could you could chip away at every ungodly thing. And just like the Bible says, 1 John 5, 4, you can obtain victory by way of faith. Well, I hope I helped you. New Way Church, FL.com, RichardSummerlin.com. God bless you. I love you. Use faith today. Come on, choose faith. Choose faith words. Choose God. Choose life in Jesus' name. I'll see you next week.